On the latest episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast, I'm joined again by Jerry Bonner to talk about Parade's somber closing track, Sometimes It Snows in April. Welcome back to the show, Jerry. Thank you for having me again, Jason. Always, uh, always a pleasure. Thanks. Again, we are going to be talking about the last song on the album, and it is a doozy. It's a doozy for sure. It's uh, even before Prince passed, this was a song that elicited a lot of um, emotional responses in listeners due to its its uh, music, due to its subject matter and the lyrics, which we'll get into, of course. But just the way it's performed, it's very kind of quiet and melancholy. You've got Prince on vocals, as expected, but you also have Wendy and Lisa right there with him. It's, you know, the last uh, Prince in the Revolution album, and this was a collaborative song. Prince is credited with the lyrics and co-written by Prince and Wendy and Lisa in terms of the music. So you've got um, Lisa on piano, you've got Wendy on guitar, you've got Prince on vocals, and it's <clears throat> it's a fairly long song. It's like I want to say six minutes or so. And uh, <clears throat> the interesting thing about it is that there's no lyrics for the first minute and 30 seconds. It has like this really long intro that, that slowly builds until it reaches the point where you start to hear the melody, the melody that we've become accustomed to and know from this song. And its placement in the film, um, as well as its placement in Prince's life as almost like an accidental eulogy, really makes this song significant i think what what are your thoughts on the song jerry um yeah it's certainly again it's it's you know obviously with with prince's passing in april and and um of you know 2016 and it definitely is almost like a, an exclamation point on everything his life you know his career and and, and it's all kind of tied up in this song i, I think whether, you know, obviously, you know, he had no concept of that back in the, the mid 80s, but, um, you know, no young man thinks of their, their death then, um, typically. So, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely um, kind of like, you know, a song that we, you and I both discussed off Around the World in the Day, um, you know, Condition of the Heart. It has that, that kind of slow build in the beginning, very kind of, you know, just kind of takes its time to get where it's, it's going. But once it gets there, it really delivers uh, quite the uh, emotional punch or the you know the emotional impact. Um, one of my favorites on on you know a, a very you know an exceptional album, an exceptional record um, for sure, and uh, it definitely yeah drives home the, the themes of the the movie as well. It's it's funny looking you know doing research and stuff online before I came here. It's it's funny how many people in comments and things like that really didn't realize that this song went along with the movie. It seems. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, what, you know, you don't understand that this was a movie soundtrack or you, this came within a movie and you know, they're, they're quote unquote Prince fans. I mean, it's not, you have to be, but still, I mean, you, you missed this whole movie. I, I don't quite understand that, but okay. But yeah, it's definitely, um, I don't know if you even call it a, a ballad per se, but it's definitely one of my favorite, uh, slower pieces of, of his for, for sure. Yeah, I mean it's a ballad in in music, but not not in terms of lyrics. Um, at least not a love love ballad for sure. Sure. Well, yeah. well, unless unless you consider it more of like a, a not a romantic love, but a, a maybe a love for a friend or something along those lines. But that's yeah. not typically what we think of when we think of ballads. 
So I get I get what you're saying in, in that regards. But musically, yeah, it's it's yeah, slow, no, it's, it's beautiful. It's it has its it has its very ballady. It it follows a lot of the tropes of a ballad, for sure. Yeah, I mean it's it's about you could call it a ballad ballad of, of brotherly love because I mean at least you know in my mind it's it's tricky you know singing the song, um, you know as a and you know kind of an LG for his friend, you know I don't I don't think it's you know supposed to be Mary Sharon or anything like that. I mean that's the only person you can really you know see singing this and in, in the context of the the movie. So yeah, yeah, right. So if you're listening to the song and you've never seen Under the Cherry Moon, you know some of the lyrics might not make a lot of sense or it might just seem like it's a song sung about somebody else, you know, from the perspective of somebody who's lost a friend. So it still works from that regard. You oh know, yeah. yeah a, that's a song, a song that's being sung about a friend that you've lost is, you know, is a universal theme regardless. No doubt. And yeah, that's what a lot of the, the people who were commenting and it was clear that they didn't see the movie because they were like, I don't know who this Tracy friend person is, but <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like, wow, okay, you didn't see the movie, but all right, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> interesting for sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of interesting and a little kind of spooky, I guess, in some ways, I don't know if you caught this during your research, but it became clear to me during just very quickly doing some background on when the song was recorded that it was recorded on april 21st 1985 that's that's how it's been documented and i guess it was confirmed by wendy that it was april 21st 1985 so all of the websites and everything out there says april 21st 1985 is when sometimes it snows in april was recorded basic tracking at least well i mean anybody who really follows prince would certainly know that he passed on April 21st, 2016. So yeah. 31 years okay. to the it's, day, it's, which is <laughs> bizarre. It is. If bizarre. That, it's, yeah, very, if that's, you know, true, I mean, it's not some sort of like urban legend or anything down in. And if Wendy, you know, confirmed it, then it's clearly not. But yeah, that is, it's almost like, I don't know. It's, you know, I hate to say that, you know, I don't like using these things, but it, you know, these kind of terms, but it seems almost like preordained in a way, or there's some, you know, again, serendipity or, or sort of order in that. And I, I don't know. I also read yeah. too, and I, you know, again, doing that, you know, if that's true or not too, uh, you know, that Prince had some weird kind of fear of elevators as well. I, <laughs> and, you know, for him to die in an elevator was odd. So, you know, yeah, it seems like there was a lot of um, things that kind of just, in a weird way kind of came together or, or, you know, some sort of, uh, again, like I said, serendipity or, or odd kind of circumstance that, yeah, that just, uh, you know, I guess goes to show you, you know, that, uh, some people, I guess, just have that kind of, um, power and or magnetism where, where things just kind of, you know, the universe almost kind of seems to bend to their will in certain respects. And I guess that's one of those things. Yeah. I mean, it certainly adds a lot of, weight or gravity to the song that didn't exist maybe necessarily before he passed because other than that you know before april 21st 2016 this was just a beautiful final track on the parade album and as you kind of already alluded to it seems to be sung from the perspective of of tricky christopher tracy's best friend in the film it's lo- it's the logical explanation of how the the lyrics are written, and the fact that it's being sung by by Prince, a man, would help with that um, explanation of of who the, it's sung by. But after his passing, 
the the gravity of that, knowing when it was recorded, knowing when he passed, and how some of the lyrics and the fact that he passed in April. The song is sometimes it snows in April, and and um, there's just a lot of coincidences and kind of eerie coincidences that add a lot of, like I said, weight or gravity to what was already a fairly heavy song to begin with. I think. No so. doubt. Yep. No doubt. Yeah, so as we kind of already talked about, the song seems to be sung from the perspective of, you know, someone outside of the main characters. They're they're talking about, well, the talking about the main character is listed in the the lyrics as Tracy. Although, I always thought that was a little odd or curious because I don't know if Tricky ever calls him Tracy in the movie. Uh, usually, I thought it was Christopher or you know going by his first name. So to call him by his last name in the lyrics to this song through doesn't really throw me off because it's very clearly i I just kind of move past it but if you think about it too much then you start to think to yourself i wonder why he did that was it just because tracy is has less syllables so it fits better i'm not sure that's my first thought yeah i mean it just fits better in the song rather than christopher and yeah i mean i said it and again kind of getting prepared for this I, i watched a movie again last night and he Tricky only refers to him as Chris and or cousin. Yeah. That's it. He never calls him Tracy or anything like that. And honestly, I think the the only time you see his last name, Tracy, is when he he writes those poems or those letters. He signs it, Christopher Tracy. Everyone else calls him Christopher um, or, you know, Chris or cousin, as I said. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And this was a song that Prince really enjoyed playing live throughout his career. And I also noted that this was a song that was performed on his very last, very last uh, truly, truly live performance in Atlanta on the piano and the microphone tour on uh, April 14th, 2016. So that was like his last official tour date before passing. And the song was played in the encore. I don't believe it was the very last song that he played. Or if it was, it was kind of like a, a medley of sorts. Um so somebody who knows a little bit more about that show can chime in and let me know afterwards if if sometimes it snows in April was the very last song performed at the very last Prince show in Atlanta. If if it was, then again that just adds adds another um, adds another layer element. to the myth. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for Most sure. certainly, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's let's start with the lyrics then. Um, Tracy died soon after a long fought civil war. Just after I wiped away his last year. The first verse goes, Tracy died soon after our long fought civil war. Just after I'd wiped away his last tear. Yes, he's better off than he was before. A whole lot better off than the fools he left here. I guess he's better off than he was before. A whole lot better off than the fools he left here. So the first thing I'm going to mention is in this verse and this is the kind of the frustrating thing about there being no um official printed lyrics for the parade album that i could at least that i can recall 
is that uh, there's a line here, the, the first, very first line. Tracy died soon after our long-fought civil war, or Tracy died soon after our a long-fought civil war. I don't know if it makes a huge difference, but, I mean, it kind of does. It kind of does, whether or not he's saying our or a. No, for um, sure. I mean, that's and I kind of struggle with that myself. I mean, obviously, I, you, when you first hear it, you think it's maybe the, the internal struggle of the character. But if it is a or our, if it's our... That it makes even more sense that it's tricky, obviously, singing the song because right up until that last moment in the movie, they, they're you know they they make up right at the last moment before Christopher dies, and yeah, uh, they had a falling they, out. They right. had a falling out, right? They have a yeah. you know kind of a large falling out, and it's obviously you know played for laughs in a certain respect because I don't know I can't take Jerome Benton all that serious, but because he's just so goofy and ridiculous, but and that's purposeful. But it's you know he you know they they have a a falling out. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you could, if it's our long-fought civil war, and then maybe that makes a little more sense. But um, if it's a long-fought civil war, then that, you know, to me, that's more of, I guess, Christopher's in, internal struggle. You know, he he had something you know going on in, in inside of him that needed to be resolved, I guess. But um, you know, the the balance between, I guess, you know, having fun and and being serious, that that kind of thing, or because you know that's pretty much again what, what they say in the movie. So you know, the love yeah. and money thing and all that too. So. Yeah, because I, you can you can make a case for either way. Because even if you think it's our long fought civil war and referring to the uh, rift between Tricky and Christopher Tracy at the end of the film, so died soon after that civil war. Civil war kind of referring to like their their brothers, um, not literal, but you know they're they're very good friends, basically close as brothers would be, and. So to to call kind of like a fight between them a civil war is basically saying like we're united, but we just had this one moment of of uh, fighting or this one this one battle that we had to kind of get past. And um, but say it long fought. I mean, it really wasn't a long fought civil war. They they really only fought briefly towards the end of the film. Otherwise, they were, you know, thick as thieves um, for the entire runtime of the movie. Otherwise, so. That's a little, little odd to say long fought when it really does wasn't long fought in the film at least at least portrayed in the movie. Yeah, I mean it seems to you know be in the span of you know I guess in 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 terms of the movie it's it's only a few hours maybe at most where they're you know not not liking each other too much and then they you know quickly kind of make up right before he uh, you know Christopher drives off on the the boat and uh, you know that kind of thing. So yeah, I, I it, it is you know long fought doesn't you know make much sense in that context i guess but that's why i think maybe it was more of a you know speaking to an internal struggle that christopher faced but you know know. either way works really but so it really just depends on the listener and how they want to interpret it um you know take it too literally and say well it wasn't a long fought civil war but whatever i mean yeah (laughs) sometimes lyrics are written just because of of how what is needed to service the song and the and the melody because it sounds good. You know? mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Just after I'd wiped away his last tear, kind of referring to the scene, of course, again, um, him dying on the, on the, you know, the waterfront there after being shot. Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen any of the trailer. <laughs> for the lot of like, people who clearly haven't seen this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm whatever. If you're listening to my show and you haven't you, seen, I'm sure the you've seen it, yeah, that's I your own fault. That's on, that's on you, not on me. <laughs> you, honestly, you can't, if you can't spoil a movie that's over 30 years old, I'm sorry. You know, at that point, 
you know, you're, you're, you're going to get mad about a spoiler, then come on, man. You know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not too worried about him. Let's put it yeah. that way. <laughs> I guess he's better off than he was before. Maybe referring to just, you know, the, again, if it's an internal struggle or just what is perceived as a, a lifetime of struggle or a lifetime of difficult circumstances that are having to, that has had to be overcome and a whole lot better off than the fools he left here. So I like that line just referring to, you know, uh, everybody that he leaves behind maybe are still going to struggle with the same things that Christopher struggled, whatever that may be. And not to say that I wish death on somebody or myself because it's better to be dead, but just a reference to there's still a lot of, I think, pain and anguish and, and internal struggles that people have to go through every day. And, and in this moment, the, the narrator is feeling pretty down. So, you know, he's probably pretty bummed out, you have to imagine. And so he's probably not thinking, you know, life could be so nice, <laughs> you know, to, to quote yeah, the, yeah. the lyrics from another song on the album. He, sure, yeah. he's, he's not having, he's not in the greatest frame of mind right now. So you can see why he would say something like that. No doubt. Yeah, no, it definitely works. And it, obviously, yeah, it's, I, I took a, you know, obviously Prince was, you know, very, you know, religious and obviously, you know, most people who say when you die, you go to a better place and, you know, you leave, you know, your earthly struggles behind. So, you know, yeah. the people who are left here still to, you know, fight the good fight, but, you know, you have moved on to, you know, hopefully something much better. So the, the, the whole song after the very long introduction, the musical introduction is pretty much all lyrics from here on out. And so then he goes straight into another section of lyrics that go. I used to cry for Tracy cause it was my only friend. Those kind of cars don't pass you every day. I used to cry for Tracy because he was my only friend. Those kinds of cars don't pass you every day. I used to cry for Tracy. I used to cry for Tracy because I wanted to see him again. But sometimes, sometimes life ain't always the way. So in this section of lyrics, Jerry, what, what do you see here that you that you like or wanted to point out? Well, yeah, I mean, again, it's, you know, a little incongruous in a way. I mean, because it's, um, but it's not that it takes away from it. You're just, you know, you're getting a little, maybe a little too literal. But, you know, Tricky obviously had the, another friend, you know, because he ends up with uh, the French girl, the you know, who ran the hotel or whatever, Katie, mm-hmm. at the end. I would I would assume that she was his friend, too, or or lover, or, you know, at least it seems at the end that's where they're at. Um and obviously it refers to Christopher's car, which, you know, they call in, you know, Christopher Tracy's parade, you know, his evil car, you know, that, that caddy, I think it's a caddy, that big, you know, the big boat of a caddy, um, you know, and, um, but again, you know, you're longing for your lost friend. I mean, that's basically what it boils down to. He's sad, you know, cause he doesn't get to see his friend every day. And, you know, any, if you ever had anyone pass close to you in your life, I mean, you do, you, and that longing, you know, never really goes away. It's always kind of there. I mean, it, it'll soften after a while um you know it becomes muted in a sense but it'll always there'll be moments where you'll think of something or you'll see something you'll hear something and that will remind you of that person and it it hits you just as hard as it did when it first happened 
So, you know, I used to cry for Tracy because I, I wanted to see him again. Definitely hits home there. And, uh, but yeah, you know, Danny comes to the realization though that, hey, you know, it's, life isn't like this, you know, all the time. It's, you know, you have to take the good with the bad and life isn't always the way. It's, you know, death is a part of who we are and what we are. And the, I guess the, the, the quicker and the, the earlier you accept that and, you know, and don't have any fear of it, it may be the better off you'll be. Don't fear the reaper. Don't fear the reaper, man. <laughs> <laughs> More cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's that's what uh, sometimes it snows in April needs. More cowbell, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's a, a version of that in the vault. Maybe yeah, part, part of Claire Fisher's orchestration that was removed because there was a version of the song that had orchestration in it, and Prince decided that uh, to, he liked it better without it, so left it on the cutting room floor. This song would seemingly have would be more more suited for orchestration, but regardless of whether or not it was more suited for it, it uh, at the end of the day he decided not to include it. So, um, and you know, I don't I don't feel like oh wow we really missed out because I think the song works really well as a quite simple composition musically. Yeah, spark down is is the best way for the song. I think I, it definitely. Is more raw, and you, you feel the emotion. Uh, I think a bit better that way, or you you get the emotion driven home a bit better that way. So yeah, yeah you, you really get the the lyrics are really given an opportunity to shine and breathe in the song because of the the stripped down nature of the music. Uh, so one thing I wanted to point out with with this second section of lyrics where he says, "I used to cry for Tracy because he was my only friend, and then I used to cry for Tracy because I wanted to see him again." That kind of implies to me that this is a a death that occurred a while ago, like not not super recent um, for him to re- be referring to, like when he used to cry for him. I don't sure, know. I mean, that's what that I, was kind of, yeah, I was kind of referring to. I mean, it said that's what I was kind of saying as as grief, you know. It, it, in the beginning, it's you know it's right in, in your face, and it, you're you're constantly kind of thinking about it, and then it does over time get muted. Um, yeah. So you're kind of taking away that this is what it's like kind of a as being sung by somebody who has gone through that. And this is the the grief is starting to become more muted to your point. Yeah, he's he's, you know, he's moved past it, but he's still reflective, you know, still in, you know, he's missing his friend and he's kind of, you know, saying that it's okay to miss him. But he understands that, you know, life isn't that life isn't like that all the time. It's not always nice. Yeah. Yeah, and then the, just the, the kind of inherent sadness behind the line, like, he was my only friend. Um, and, you know, if you're watching the movie, you can kind of get the sense that maybe they really were each other's only real friends. I, I mean, until towards the end, because pretty much their entire existence revolved around getting over on people, like, you know, trying to manipulate them in some way. And so that doesn't leave a lot of opportunities for true friendships. And the kind of friendships and bonds that you make by being yourself, genuinely yourself and not like a playboy or somebody that you're portrayed to be in order to achieve, you know, this, this means to an end financial. And so I can kind of, I can kind of see that, like where they've kind of felt like they were each other's only friends because they couldn't really, they didn't open themselves up to others in a, in a way. And then maybe Christopher's passing at the end really gave Tricky that or allowed Tricky to feel like he could be friends with somebody else um, 
in, you know, other acquaintances that he had made that they were just really just trying to scam on or sleep with or whatever, because uh, now their their goal was different. Like his goal was different. He was already kind of set up with this um, condo in Miami, and so he didn't need to try to get one over on on the woman that was you know running the hotel or the apartment complex that he that they lived in before. And so they could be friends, truly friends now. And sure. It's kind of. Yeah. Kind of a happy way to look at the ending after you know the sadness of a, of a passing no doubt sometimes it snows in april sometimes i feel so bad so bad sometimes i wish Life was never ending And all good things they say never last So then going into the chorus, it is Sometimes it snows in April Sometimes I feel so bad, so bad Sometimes I wish life was never ending All good things they say never last So with the chorus, I think it's... um. It's a really kind of clever chorus because I don't know too many people who live in the southern part of the United States or in other parts of the, of the world that don't experience winters the way that uh, somebody in in the northern Midwest <laughs> would. Um, and having lived in Wisconsin a lot of my life, which is basically the same weather as Minnesota, uh, you know, it does. Sometimes it snows in April, and that is just a fact. And I'm not so sure that everybody understands that um, if you don't live in a part of the of the world where spring can really take its sweet ass time to get there (laughs) Um, and and those april snows are always the most frustrating because you really felt like you've turned the corner you've started to see some some flowers and plants bloom you know the tree the leaves on the trees are starting to grow again and bud and so then it's like we're here we're finally turned that corner yeah, I, mean, over. I get that. And I mean, even where I live, um, and I'll get into that in a second, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I get, you know, people who lived in the, the Minneapolis, you know, Minnesota area and, you know, obviously where you grew up to in Wisconsin, um, you know, it's exciting when finally I, I think spring comes around and, you know, and you're thinking it's, it's right there and then, oh, you know, here, here we get some more, you know, ridiculous snow. Thanks. And yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I always took it as too. I mean, you know, sometimes it snows in April to me is that phrase. I mean, it's just, a, um, I guess, a, a nicer way or a more eloquent way of saying it's it's raining. You know, like sometimes it rains on your parade. You know, you yeah, think, shit, shit happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, sometimes, you know, you think, you know, here's that thing you're waiting for. And, oh, you know, no, it's going to snow on you and spring isn't coming anytime soon. Um, yeah. For sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and it, and even where I grew up in, you know, the, the Philadelphia area, and where I still am now, um, it never snowed in April up until, and I looked it up. It was, um, it was, it was actually April 1st, 2000, uh, I mean, yeah, 2018. And, um, it snowed that day and not much, you know, maybe a dusting an inch, you know, but that was the first time that I ever recall in my, you know, almost 50 years on this planet now, it ever snowing in April. And wow. it's funny that it happened, you know, after, you know, his, his death and his passing. Cause it did, did definitely bring, I, it's the first thing I thought of. I mean, when I saw it I was like, you gotta be kidding me. It, you know, it, it's snowing in April. I guess that's Prince's fault. Thanks Prince. 
So, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. I was pretty used to snow living in northern Wisconsin, um, about two hours from Minneapolis in the mid 2000s, late 2000s, early 2010s, because it just, I got, I got, I kind of braced myself for it. Like where it says sometimes it snows in April, it was pretty much every year it'll snow in April <laughs> was, was the, uh, was the modus operandi at about that time. And it just really got frustrating for me because I really wanted spring to, to, to be there and to show up and, and like I said, turn that corner, but it, um, that setback, that, that heavy, wet snow in April that just messed everything up was always frustrating. And, and yeah, this is clearly a metaphor. Uh, and I think you touched pretty much on exactly what it is referring to in the song. Cause then he follows it up. Sometimes I feel so bad, so bad. But then the second half of the course, sometimes I wish life was never ending. All good things they say never last. So it's just another one of those kind of really sad, uh, sad lyrical moments in the song when you think about just death in general. So you can think of it specifically about Prince and that, of course, it's easy to do because it's a Prince song. And you think about how, like, you know, he was only um, 57 not even 57, he was 56. Yeah, I think he was 56, yeah. He was almost, he was going to turn 57 in a couple months. So he's only 56 years old. And that's just, yeah. that's pretty damn young. I mean, uh, I'm not just saying that because I'm in my mid 40s now and that's only like 10 years away from, from my current age and thinking like, gosh, you know, if I died in 10 years, what, what would that mean for me? That would, um, it just, it just feels like way too young. And it was, it was way too young. And when you say something like all good things they say never last, you think of it as a fan. Uh, selfishly, the good thing was having this man around to make music and, and entertain us. It wasn't meant to last. And, and it didn't, unfortunately, last longer than we. I'm sure we would have liked to have had it last. And I'm sure how anybody who is a fan of anybody else who passes maybe a little too soon, you think of what could have been or just like what were the missed opportunities like people say like i really wish prince was still around here so we could comment on uh you know the state of the world as it is in 2020 and 2021 what would he be doing during a pandemic what would he have said about the the trump administration um uh, so on and so forth black lives matter and 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 george floyd and so just not having that presence um is you know it's kind of like a void in and for those of us who really connect to to him and his music for sure most definitely yeah i mean you you know you you wonder all the stuff that yeah we like it's all you know his comments or his maybe his musical responses to a lot of those events and um you know would have been interesting uh, to hear if you know he were still around um you know unfortunately he's not and you know we're i mean i, I always think too i mean i guess you know, with all the stuff in the vault, I mean, you know, I get, you know, rather than being kind of like creatively, I guess, controlling in a sense, it's it maybe, you know, somehow he knew too saving all that stuff, you know, and would, would be released, you know, posthumously. So we still have, you know, obviously Prince, you know, new stuff, you know, in a sense from Prince, but, uh, you know, obviously not new, new commenting on, you know, current events. So, mm -hmm. right. Yep. It's just a very, very wistful kind of, chorus with those lines sometimes i wish life was never ending all good things they say never last because it really just it just slaps you in the face the reality of death and and death of the artist that's singing the song but then you start thinking death in general and it's just 
it's not a subject that people like to necessarily think about all the time, but a song like this makes it inevitable, I think. Sure, it definitely puts it in your in your mind. I mean, you know, you yeah. know what will happen, you know, if and when I die or, you know, when people I love will die. And it definitely, yeah, makes you think. And that's, you know, what the best art always does. Okay, so then moving on from that, we've got now the next grouping of lyrics. I'll split it up into two sections. Springtime was always my favorite time of year. Time for lovers holding hands in the rain Now springtime only reminds me of Chase's tears Always cry for love, never cry for pain the first verse after the chorus is Springtime was always my favorite time of year the time for lovers holding hands in the rain. Now springtime only reminds me of Tracy's tears. Always cry for love, never cry for pain. So here, you know, going back to the springtime, and I think because of, and I never really thought too much about it until I started, you know, to kind of going through the lyrics of this album a bit more and figuring out like the cherry moon, that's a springtime moon and, so if you apply that literally, the song, the movie Under the Cherry Moon probably takes place in springtime, right? I mean, that's I think that's the assumption that we're to make about the film is that it takes place in spring in the French Riviera. So then yeah, going back I've never to, been to the French Riviera, but I, it, I assume that it's that, you know, that yeah. it's like it's that nice that there that time of year. Sure. I mean, you know, that would make sense, obviously, in the overall you know theme or context of the film for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it does look nice and nice and warm. It was actually filmed more like late summer, but uh, regardless, I, I feel like just there's enough clues out there that to tell us that it's probably taking place in spring. Um, time for lovers holding hands in the rain. Now, because of the death of his friend Christopher Tracy, springtime is more of a, a time of sorrow and remembrance. Reminds me of his tears. Cry for love, never cry for pain. So just. Um, you know, just a nice poetic way, I think, of of basically saying, um, don't cry for my death. Just cry for things that make you happy, like maybe love or if it has, happens to be lost love. But try to try to put on or try to cr- use your tears for happy, happy purposes, happy reasons. And don't cry over the things that cause you pain and sorrow. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I don't know. I, I remember it when I first... I guess as as a as a younger man first hearing this song, um, you know, when I was like sixteen or whatever, I always kind of struggled with that line a bit. Um, you know, not really understanding, I guess, in a sense, because obviously, you know, pain made more sense to me at that point. I guess you know, you, you get hurt and you you know you cry or you know something hurts you or somebody punches you in the face. I mean, you know that kind of thing, or, or you know you fall down and you know the pain causes tears rather than not really understanding, I guess, you know, the heartbreak and, and loss at that level can, you know, cause you, you know, um, you know, pain, pain as well. And yeah, but now as an adult, obviously it, it, it obviously rings more true to me that line than it did, you know, when I first, you know, had the album at 16 years old. So. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like the beauty of, of going through lyrics, um, older versus younger because you have a little more, 
life experience or or actually it doesn't make it better it just makes it different you know like a different perspective and whether that that perspective is is really uh, framed by our our experiences versus just what's intended or what the lyrics are saying and then we read a lot into those things because of because of the stuff that we went through in our experiences having lived x number of years so it's it's just um just an interesting way of doing it sometimes i wonder if like if i would have completely different interpretations of some of these songs if i was 20 years younger i imagine in some cases i would most definitely yeah i mean it's you know i i think a lot of times again like i was saying with art you know those things come to you when you're ready for them or and it hits you a certain way and it's like okay now i understand this maybe it's a book maybe it's a film you know it's a piece of music that finally resonates with you at that right time and it may be at a time when it you know in the past when it didn't so yeah i always yeah. find it fascinating with with those kind of things when finally it kind of the tumblers in your brain brain kind of click and it's like oh now i get this and now i this is now i understand why this is great or why people love this yeah he used to say so strong oh afraid to die unafraid of the death that left me Hypnotized No staring at his picture I realized No one could cry The way my Tracy cried So then moving on The next grouping of lines are He used to say so strong, unafraid to die, unafraid of the death that left me hypnotized. No, staring at his picture, I realized no one could cry the way my Tracy cried. These lines are a little, are sung a little differently than the previous lines. There's more kind of awkward pauses or awkward phrasing of words. He used to say, so strong, unafraid to die. Does he say, say or stay? trying to see if i could find alternate lyrics because the versions that i've got say say used to say so yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I it only makes sense is you know that i mean i think that's probably a misprinter or people aren't reading it correctly i i would say it's he used to stay so strong i mean you know you that's the obvious phrase is you know stay strong right you're staying yeah. strong. not say you're so strong so i would take it more as yeah i think the, the our online friends here have maybe transcribe that improperly yeah i'm looking at a few different sites and they all say they he used to say so strong and afraid to die but what makes yeah. sense to me and to you is he used to stay so strong oh and afraid to die unafraid yeah. to die yes it, it, yeah. it's only a logical conclusion of that i would yeah. okay <laughs> if you think it's a different way then fine but i you know staying strong and if you're staying strong then you are unafraid of whatever you're going to face so yeah. that only makes logical sense yeah okay so we'll stick with that he used to stay so strong unafraid to die unafraid of the death that left me hypnotized so that line kind of refers to maybe some fears that uh the the narrator has about death or pain um you know if it which is not un, unusual or unnatural i mean most of us are afraid to die i mean it's not something that many people embrace early on i mean you, you typically people would normally not be unafraid to die unless they had nothing to lose or 
they have just a different kind of personality that um, kind of puts them in that very small percentage of, of people that can do the types of things, the exceptional things that people that are more afraid can't do or won't allow themselves to do. Like, uh, you know, daredevils or <laughs> stuntmen or something like that, where you have to, like, put yourself in harm's way all the time. You almost have to kind of accept death as a possible outcome. And to say that those are the types of people that are unafraid to die, well, I think they're still afraid to die, but they just accept that what they do could be dangerous to the point where they they may not they may not make it. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I you know, it's I I think when you're again you're younger, you know, you, I think you you have a kind of an invincibility. I think you know you just you don't it's it's not something you think about. I like guess it's, it's it's just. You know, you're young, you're virile, you're doing your thing, and it's, you know, it's going to be this way forever. And you don't really contemplate any kind of, you know, that kind of thing at that point. It's, you know, you're just going along and living your life as, as best you can. And, you know, that joie de vie, right? That's, you know, it's a lot of French stuff here. So it's that, that lust for life in a sense that, you know, when you, you don't think about death. Um, and, you, you know, you are unafraid, I think, in, in those ages. But when you get older and, you know, you have family and that kind of stuff. And like you, you referred to earlier, you know, you think about what would it be like if I say, you know, what would it be like for my family or my, you know, you have things to lose at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, that's when you start really contemplating it and, and thinking of, of the reality of it. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, he used to stay so strong and unafraid to die and, you know, cause he was living that life on the edge, you know, Christopher was, you know, there was, you know, scamming people on, you know, conning people on the French Riviera and, and, you know, just living day to day kind of thing. And, you know, I don't, you know, again, if this is from Tricky's perspective, I'm not sure why that, you know, his, that fear, he wouldn't have shared the same, you know, uh, fearless attitude, but cause he was living the same life, but, you know, in a sense, um, it left him, you know, he, he was amazed obviously by the, you know, how, how resilient or how, I guess, unaffected, you know, Christopher was and, you know, looking at his picture, you know, he comes to a conclusion. It's like, you know, he said no one could cry the way my Tracy cried, but I, I think that comes to, it's like, no one was like him. You know, that's an easier way to say that. I think it's, it's a, you know, a poetic way here, but there was no one quite like Christopher Tracy. Yeah. That's the conclusion he comes to there at the end. And, you know, like you said, it was sung in, especially those last three lines are sung in more of a, a quicker kind of almost scat way. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a, you know, it takes a while to almost understand that one line. No, no staring at his picture. I realize because he really kind of runs through that pretty quick. You know, so yeah, it's one of those where you had to rewind the tape, and it's like, what, what did he say there? Because <laughs> he said there's no real printed lyrics, you know, in the Parade album. So, you yeah. know, yeah. And the whole unafraid of the death that left me hypnotized. Another thing that I think of is is the narrator or tricky, if that's we believe is singing the song is maybe that's just another way of him explaining or expressing his admiration for his, his friend. Yeah. yeah, Um, Just admiration for his bravery, admiration for the things that he did in his life that maybe were selfless. I mean, that was kind of like his, his character arc in the film is going from this, this selfish gigolo to somebody who, you know, and I've said it in previous episodes, turned into an honest man. And meeting meeting Mary Sharon was was kind of like that that switch that was flipped in him to turn into somebody that was noble and and had scruples and and did things 
that weren't just to benefit himself, I guess. And some of them were very silly and stupid, like going after Mary at the end and end up getting him killed. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes it snows in April. Sometimes I feel so bad. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I wish that life was never ending. But all good things they say never last. Okay, so then after that grouping of lines, again we go to the chorus, and the chorus is the same. Sometimes it snows in April. Sometimes I feel so bad. Sometimes, sometimes I wish that life was never ending. And all good things they say never last. I often dream of heaven. And I know that Tracy's there. I know that he has found another friend. Maybe he's found the answer to all the April snow Maybe one day I'll see my Tracy again And then we get the the next grouping of lines that is only just one section of new lyrics here There isn't kind of like a, a twofer I often dream of heaven and I know that Tracy's there I know that he has found another friend. Maybe he's found the answer to all the April snow. Maybe one day I'll see my Tracy again. So this last grouping of lines, Jerry, what um, what did you want to talk about? Um, I guess calls out to the, you? The, the first thought, I mean, again, and this is, you know, even, you know, going back to when I was younger and, you know, even now still, it's like, I, I wonder why, you know, tricky or you know again with the narrator whoever it may be here um seems so you know seems so uh confident that uh, tracy's in heaven <laughs> i guess because you said like he redeems himself at the end you, you know because he wasn't you know kind of like almost like a you know a thief in a sense and you know up until that point so is his that redemption i guess dying you know so mary could be free in a sense is that 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 gets him into heaven i suppose and he seems fairly confident that uh, obviously you know tracy's there um you know, and found, you know, finding another friend, um, like I said, you know, meeting loved ones, you know, going back and, you know, if you are in, you know, you know, heaven or paradise, however you want to say it and the afterlife seeing loved, lost loves again, or, or, you know, lost friends that you can reunite with. That's obviously the, the big, I hate to say it that way, but the big selling point of, of those things. And, um, you know, and, um, he dreams, you know, uh, too, of, of seeing that him there again. You know, he, he, he know, yeah. that's, I think the, the confidence is there. It's like, okay, I have confidence. That's where my friend is now. And hopefully one day, you know, we'll, we'll be reunited there and, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. Um, you know, um, you know, I'm finding the answer to all the April snow, I, I guess is, I don't know. I, I take that as maybe, um, kind of almost like a, you know, like a little, you know, wink, maybe a little, a little nudge, nudge, wink, you know, kind of like a, maybe a, a, a kind of a joke in a sense. It's like, it's, I'm kind of laughing about it. Oh, you know, maybe, and when he's up there in heaven, he knows, uh, you know, he's, he can figure out why it still snows in, in April and rains on our parade or makes things more difficult when, you know, we're ready to move on from that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a hopeful kind of thing saying, Hey, you know, 
my friend is there and one day I'll be there too. And, you know, we will be re reunited. Yeah. And he can introduce me to his new friends that he's made up in heaven. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, something to look forward to. And like, I just, again, with the line, maybe he's found the answer to all the April snow, you know, it's, you can take that literally and, and, you know, metaphorically. So why, why does it have to snow in April when it's springtime? And it's like, okay, well, the meteorologist <laughs> in me says, here are the reasons why it's, it, it snows in April. There's a, a cold front that moves in from the Arctic and <laughs> a blast yeah. through. You guys are and, right uh, on the border of Canada. Where it snows <laughs> all the goddamn time. So get used to it. Yeah. 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 But, uh, from metaphorically speaking, yes, I think it's probably more fitting that why, why do bad things have to happen? Why, why yeah. do like these incidents that kind of um, cause pain and sorrow when you think things are going well have to have to happen? Well, what's the reason for that? And yeah, it, it's more joking because you know th those are kind of the the metaphysical questions that never get answered. Nobody can ever answer those questions, not realistically. But he yeah, wants answers so from his friend Christopher Tracy, who's up in heaven now. Yep. Hopefully he he has them, but you know. You know, yeah. he'll, that, he'll only know that once, you know, he gets there himself. So, mm -hmm. so then they get to the course again, and, and I'm not going to read it because it's pretty much the same. But then the, the last two lines of the song before it, it ends are all good things that say never last. So they repeat that line. All good things they say never last. All good things they say never last. But the new line here is, and love, it isn't love until it's past. Is that the is that how you hear it, Jerry? Love, it isn't love, love until isn't it's past. Until it's past, yeah. I mean, that's you okay. know. Well, love isn't love until I think I would have to again listen to it real quick. Love isn't love until it's past. Yeah, as always, you know, I, it doesn't matter if and is there or not. But yeah, I always took in my mind. I'm now singing it as you know, love isn't love until it's past. But yeah, same thing. Yep. Okay. Because I thought I saw some lyric websites out there that refer to it as something different uh, i'm going to pull up love it isn't love until it's had and i never heard that i always heard past yeah i like, never heard, I, I would definitely not say it's had i mean in, in a sense that I like well that's you know and even i was gonna you know get into it i guess that line still as an adult maybe doesn't resonate with me quite as much i mean it's an interesting sentiment to end the song but i mean when i'm in love or i love something i'm, I'm in it in the moment i don't Think about it like I would say, you know, to me, it's I, I know I love it in the moment and not in the past. I mean, you, you like you say, you did, maybe there is a bit of nostalgia or even kind of like, you know, feelings of that. And maybe, but for like retro type things and, and um, you know, uh, but those don't last either. I, I think that's very fleeting. Like, you know, again, our, we have a shared hobby with video games and a lot of times you, you think about, you know, a video game is like, oh man, I, you know, I love that game back in the day. And then you play it now and you'll play it for maybe five, 10 minutes. And it's like, okay, you know, yeah, I, I get why I like this, but it's, it doesn't stick so much with you. And you have that, it doesn't, the feeling of nostalgia, you know, quickly fades and mm -hmm. you don't have it as it was in the moment, you know, that same white hot, you know, passion or whatever it was for a person or a, a thing. And, you know, that, that, so I, I don't really agree with that, that love isn't love until it's passed. I, I don't know. That one doesn't really quite hit the note for me or hit the mark for me. So maybe you have a different interpretation that I can, you know, that maybe well, we clarify it some for me a little bit. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, with the past, because when you say that line or say that word, you could also think of it as 
past, like P A S S E D. Yeah, right. Love it isn't love until it's past. Um, so if you think of it that way, and I, I'm not saying that I ever really did. I think I always heard it past, like past tense. And, sure. And like you, I always thought to myself, well, why, why, why is, why are we saying that you can't really love somebody until it's in the past, like it's in the rearview mirror, either because that person has passed away. And that's where I was thinking, oh, maybe it's past, like passed away. So I don't know. I mean, past in the past tense doesn't make as much sense for me because I think I, I do definitely agree with you where love in the present tense is, is, and should be, is just as intense and as important as love that occurred in the past or love that is, um, no longer there because of something that happened, the person left or died or whatever. And then only thinking on it fondly in the past tense, that's not the, I, I don't think that that's a really healthy way of looking at love. Like it's only can be love if you have lost it. Um, <clears throat> yeah. That's the, that's again, that's that summarizes it maybe a little better than I did. It, I don't agree with that in a sense. Cause yeah, I mean, I, in the moment and in loving in the moment and um, being in the moment, I, I think, you know, especially in relationships, whether they be, you know, um, I said like brotherly or, or more of a, you know, a, a true love, you know, between a, you know, a couple or, you know, whoever. Um, yeah. There's nothing quite like that and nothing that can distract you. At least I've found my own way of, you know, when I'm, you know, into someone or that kind of thing, it really kind of almost takes over your life, at least, you know, in the beginning and it, you really, you know, it's like it becomes all encompassing. And, um, so, and it, it's very intense and, you know, it's, it's quite the experience, quite heady and, you know, and you really kind of get in, in, into it. And, you know, to say that in the past, it, it always seems, yeah, you might have a, a certain feeling or you're holding on to something or, you know, carrying a torch as they say for a relationship or a person. And, but it, it's always muted to me. It's never quite the same, you know, it's, there's, there's not that same, passion or burning or, you know, desire that's there. And, you know, when you're in the moment, so yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, not quite sure what, what, you know, what that's what I'm saying. I, I struggle with this line a little bit. I mean, it's a nice way to end the song, but if you break it down, like we're doing it kind of like, mm, maybe not, but okay. <laughs> I'm not pretty. Yeah. So I, maybe he had a different interpretation of what he was trying to say. And obviously, you know, we, we don't know. So yeah, yeah. possibly, possibly. It's just, I almost think like it'd be the opposite. Like, Love actually, and it's sad to say, but love fades over time. If if, if it's in the past, it'll eventually typically, fade. Yeah, typically, you, you think of it like almost like a in it, it may, not a hundred percent of the time. I mean, I'm not going to speak to somebody else's experience with with loss and say that uh, this applies to to you uh, or anybody else. But if you think of it more in typical terms, you think of like a love. You're all riding together in the same car or on the same road, and then that person stops. Like they're they were parallel with you, and they stop and stop for whatever reason. They stop because they've they've died or uh, the end. The relationship ends. You keep going because your life continues, and you keep going down this path. Path, and so you look in your rearview mirror, and they're early on. You can still see them, and then you still kind of look back on it wistfully and mournfully but then the further you go along down the road the smaller that vehicle 
gets in your rearview mirror. And yeah. so I don't think of it like, to, you know, you have to see what's coming in front of you. You have to pay attention to what's ahead, not what's yeah. behind. And yeah. Yeah. So it just, that's all I'm really doing is just, um, kind of agreeing with you in in a way and saying, I don't understand necessarily that line, exactly how it's written. If it's truly past P A S T and if it's past P A S S E D, then, then maybe it's a reference to, um, you know, to death and how that love can become more cemented uh, because of a tragedy or not even a tragedy, just any death, really. And, and so then that love stays kind of suspended um, due to that untimely passing. But I don't know if that's the intent. Because that's yeah, not... that would, I mean, that would make more sense in, in, you know, in terms of the song, you know, and obviously the overall narrative of the movie as well. Yeah. And again, I, you know, I've, it, this is again, more, more personal experience you know, dealing with, you know, um, or in, encountering people who, you know, are, are widowers and that kind of thing. And you, you know, they don't, I, I don't think for, and I know this, you know, from my, my mother too, it's, she's remarried and whatnot stuff too, but I, I know that she doesn't love anyone as, as much as she loved my father. Um, you know, cause he, he died relatively young or he had 53 and, and yeah, you know, it's, you accept, I think, you know, certain situations or certain things moving down the line. And I'm not saying she doesn't love the man she's married to now, but I don't think that she'll ever, you know, love that way, you know, again, or love the same way that she loved him. Um, so yeah, you know, get, just looking at it through that lens. And if that's what that, you know, that really we're talking about it being P A S S E D rather than P A S T. That definitely makes more sense in terms of it, in terms mm-hmm. of the song and, and the movie, of course. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so I'd be, I'd be interested to hear others interpretations of this last line because it's, it's the line that sticks with you being that it's the final line of the song. It, uh, basically the song ends immediately after that line is sung and then the album ends. So it's, it's a very kind of, it's, it's, it's impactful for sure. It's definitely an impactful line. So to, to have an impactful line that is open to interpretation um kind of makes makes me curious what others have taken away from that line when listening to this song and what does it make you know what what feelings does it elicit in in you as the listener and what do you get out of it um what is it that makes it impactful for you and that's what i'm interested in so hopefully i'll i'll get some feedback on that yeah, it's a definitely, you know, a, a wistful kind of melancholy way to end, you know, something that starts off with, um, you know, so boisterous, and, you know, with Christopher Tracy's parade. And then, you know, he's living his, you know, best life kind of thing out there. And then, and then it kind of ends with this, yeah, very somber kind of trailing off, you know, talking about, you know, is love, you know, relevant or do you realize it in the moment or has it passed or, yeah, it definitely, definitely makes you think, no, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we have then gone through the entire lyrics of sometimes it snows in april jerry i don't know if you had anything else you wanted to say about the song yeah i mean well i guess the, the one thing and well two minor things and they're, they're more kind of anecdotal and you know i i, I always this song it's funny at the time it, it probably it most definitely wouldn't have happened because knowing how prince was with his how how protective he was of the music rights and that kind of stuff um this was again back in the, the late nineties when I was really more involved in um, 
film business and screenwriting and that, that kind of stuff. And I, my buddy and I had written a, like a romantic comedy um, that this song would have been perfect for, especially the, that last, not so much the, the lyrics, but the, the, uh, you know, the chorus um, would have been perfect because, you know, the girl's name and it was April and it deals with like in the winter time and kind of the climax of it, um, you know, happens in the snow and, um, you know, I, I wanted to, I would, you know, my thought was always to use that, the song in that, in the movie, if it ever, you know, had gotten made, it never did, obviously. And, um, but again, knowing now, you know, how Prince was, especially then with his music stuff, he probably would have never let us use it. Um, now though, if it ever, you know, happened that it would get made, I'm sure the, uh, the estate would be more than happy to sell me the rights to the song so I could mm-hmm. use it. So yeah that that always i always think of that too when i I hear that song i think of that that script and you know that you know that it it was a nice it would have been a nice little romantic comedy movie if it ever happened but it never did and um so but that song this song always makes me think of that as well you know and i can still actually see the scene in my head you know how it would play out and how the song would just fit right in perfectly almost you know for the how it's you know the scene plays out there at the end kind of the climactic love scene in the movie. So, yeah. And then, you know, the, the other little thing I have is, um, how I acquired, um, you know, the, the album, you know, parade here is, is kind of funny. Um, I was, uh, delivering newspapers at the time, you know, was, I was like, you know, 15, 16 years old. And, um, the guy who ran, you know, my route said, all right, well, if you get, you know, I think it was 10 more subscribers, you can add 10 more subscribers to your route you know, then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll buy you, you know, a record or CD or album of, of your choice, you know, as a reward. And I added 10 people to the, the route and I said, yeah, I want, you know, that I want Prince's, uh, you know, parade album. And that's how I have the cassette. That's how I got the cassette. And I still have that cassette, which I listened to last night, you know, again, before watching the, the movie in and of itself. So yeah, just kind of weird little things you remember about. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Period. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't suppose that you uh, added all of those um, subscribers in April, did you? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it, this was it was pr- it was like late September, if as I'm mm-hmm. recalling. Yeah, late September, maybe early, because I I remember I think I had just kind of gone back to to school at that point, and uh, I started working you know for the, the the Philadelphia Daily News when they still had door to door delivery every day um, of of a newspaper. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was a thing. So I did that for a while and it would have been more poetic. Yes. I could have lied and said, yeah, it was so, it was totally April. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure as I recalling, it was like September. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. The truth, the truth is, uh, always better anyway. <laughs> so it doesn't make the story less interesting. I mean, you know, I could, I could tell that story now, but you can just delete that a whole other part and I can stay <laughs> April if you want. <laughs> it happened on April 21st. Oh my God. Right? It was April 21st and he handed me this cassette and. Yeah, because <laughs> you have that kind of uh, photographic memory, you can remember exact date. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, yeah. So I looked at the newspaper, and the newspaper had it right on the right on the front page, April twenty first. I remember it so distinctly. No, unfortunately not. It was it was September, and still, what I, I know how I remember it was September though too, because I remember delivering the papers, and it was still pretty hot. And when you with those kind of papers too, back in the day, I don't know if you remember, you would especially when it got hot the it, you would get ink all over you even when you when you handled the papers the, the ink yeah. would still transfer yeah and I, w- I would come home and have like you know ink you know the the newsprint ink you know all over me from you know delivering the papers so yep. yeah that only happened when it was still kind of hot and humid 
So yeah, yeah. that was my that was my first money making job as well as a um, junior high age kid was. And uh, people don't even call it junior high anymore, but that's what we did back when I was going. Yeah, to middle. School. I call it middle school, but yeah. Yeah, we called it a junior high. But anyway, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, paperboy. That was my first job too. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you, Jerry, for joining me on this episode of the Presser Wine and Prince Lyrics podcast. Uh, did you have um, anything you wanted to promote or anything you wanted to share with the listeners about where to find you? Um, no, you know, just. Um... You know, I have, you know, just follow my uh, Twitter at uh, J, uh, at J Bonner 71. Uh, you know, anything I'm, I'm writing or doing usually will, will filter th- through there. I have a, a few things, you know, in the pipeline that'll be coming out that are very cool, not really Prince related, but, um, yeah, just some stuff that I, you know, I would like people to check out and, and, uh, maybe share and, or, you know, tell me what they think of it is. So, uh, yeah, just check me out on Twitter and, uh, that's really it I have at this moment. Okay. Well, thank you again for joining me. Um, thank you for having me. As yeah, always. absolutely. Always, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Okay. So this has been the Presser Wine Prince Lyrics Podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. You can get a hold of me at uh, presserwine.net. Also on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. And uh, using the Presser Wine Pod as the, the, you know, the moniker or the name that I go by on those social media sites. Also, join me on Discord. I'll have the Discord server link in the show notes and anywhere on the social media platforms I'm on. It's a place to kind of get in touch with me or to get in touch really with anybody that's on the Discord to talk about Prince. Until next time, goodbye. But all good things they say never last. And all good things they say never last Love, it isn't love until it's past